Alright, reading Father Sonson Johnson, trying to do a night read. Because I really need to finish this book. There's some other books I would like to explore. And so I have to resort to some night read. Alright, so welcome back. And um, welcome to the torture chamber. <laughs> I'm going to read chapter 7. It's called, Who is Afraid of Defeat? So chapter 7, Father Son Son Chan. So first night read. Let's try. This one's going to be filled with... Um, distractions but let's go for it who is afraid of defeat chapter 7 on monday morning i'm gonna make sure that it's on right on monday morning i begged father to let me off half <laughs> on monday morning i begged father to let me off from going to school alas for going that week and he let me good man but he understood we were we were two we were two together bearing the brunt of a misconceived marriage. Father started anew. <clears throat> the marriage seemed to have given him the kick in the pants. Our piece of land did not consist only of bottomlands. There, there was a five-acre track sloping away from it on the other side of the river. It was uncleared as as yet and for father it was time to have it done taking his ground axe and cutlass and i my machete we went up the slope hacking away at the vegetation which was which was matted in places but spearing in others father used the axe he didn't seem to tire at all the white chips flew and flew and the trees cracked creaked leaned, and crashed Every crash sent the birds scattering away across the valley, only to regroup, then circle back to the very rich trees. We went up the hill slashing. We spoke but little. Two men determined in their silence. Occasionally, father would stop to dig into the hurt with his fingers. Then he'll feel its texture, peer at it, let it trickle through his fingers, and smile satisfyingly. And then he would hack again at the bushes and slaughter the trees. With my machete, I cleared the bush away. And by the end of the week, we had about two acres cleared. And then the father set to chopping up the trees. We got all the waste into a neat scattered pile and burned them. The land, two acres of it, that is, was ready. What are we planting, father? Yams, Rami, yams. This land is for yams. So that Hussein Bolt can win his races. Just kidding. That part wasn't said. Yams, Rami, yams. This land is for yams. Yes, sir. He smiled, so sure of himself. But he understood yams. The crop <coughs> with which he had made his start and with which he intended to begin again. A sensible move. Yams made good business. You could send truckloads of them to the city every week and they would vanish into the kitchens of the city folks. Yams father said and that suited me. Then he began to plow up the soil, fashion it into yam hills, soon realizing however that it was too much work. So he had two men to help him. 
I returned to school. But even on coming home in the even afternoons, I'd find him digging on the hillside, digging shirtless and sweating. The other men were gone. The goats were always my responsibility, but now was, ad, was, was added that of Lizette and Marble and cooking supper. Father had no time. He worked until dark and came home only to eat supper. He ate in silence always, and then he would retire to the veranda where he would smoke his pipe, just sitting there looking at the night in a mysterious, calculating way. And then he'd go to bed and sleep soundly. I didn't like this silence very much. It was just as though the sun had gone out of the man called Sun Sun. But I knew better than believing that. It had just gone behind a rain cloud for a time. It would have to appear, reappear. And the rains came. We had just finished putting in the yams when the showers began to slant in from the hills. It was already May. Father planted corn along the rows of yams. They would not impede the yams. They were cash crops and would be the first out of here. The yams grew out of the ground in stout, purply, sometimes green vines. The corn also grew. Everything grew. Small kidney-shaped mangoes had appeared on trees. The young bananas that had faded into the drought now looked Look, now took on new life. <clears throat> the trees became greener and even the wild things which knew no pruning looked healthy. Even Donna Ray was growing. She was taller and fuller and her eyes looked milkier and her teeth with them. And oh my, the rich smoothness of her skin was fitting. Around her had begun to appear that thing which I like to name Elan. Since, goat, since goats are the arch enemies of yam, I was forced to put all of mine into ropes. The rains continued and the rivers changed its color from soda water purity to copper turbidity and its voice trimmed for so many months resumes its bellicose loudness with the ever-rising volume of water. It lopped happily, happily by our bottom land, and sometimes it was just as a hand's length beneath Mrs. Ilcher's footbridge. Every now and then I encountered Arlene and Brad, but <clears throat> this was the first lengthy walk together that we had since the wedding. They were returning from school, as I was, and we walked together, silent at first, but warming up a bit to a little chit-chat. But they were decidedly different. They were colder, and yet I didn't get the impression that they were feeling uppity. Maybe the contrary wedding put them on the defensive, in that they may have supposed that I was in rage about it. But on another day, when I met Brad alone and offered him some candy, he refused fused it and went further by truculently brandishing a shilling almost in my face. It is where it in in it where were he tall enough adding what? In it were he tall enough adding I have money. I can buy my own. 
sure he could buy his own. He always could. Anybody could. But they used to take what I offered just the same. When Arlene and I, when Arlene had left off, brought, where Arlene had left off, brother had taken up in the matter of touching my sauce spot for food because we, when we reached the gate of Robin Hill, where again they lived in Hibbertson Splendor, Brad said tartingly, guess what we're going to have for supper? Guess. I don't know, Brad, and I don't care. You so do care, he said. You do care for stuffed Cornish hens, don't you? Arlene laughed and touched the back of her hair with dainty finesse. You're a fool to stay down there in that hole, Brad continued. I bet you're going to have codfish, eh? Go away, I said, stamping my foot. Scram. They were frightened. I'd always been gentle with them, and now this? Go, I repeated. <clears throat> they didn't tarry at all. They stepped quickly through the gate, looking back at me every now and then as they roared up the hill. I went on home disgruntled as, as a bull. And Brad was almost right. Because for supper we were to have corned pork, not much better than codfish. I could, you know, things that people call poor after just divert here. So because codfish and corn pork when I was growing up was rich people food. We had ton corn meal anyway. I could scarcely think that my sister and brother were the types to put on such false ears, but they were doing it. I think they were doing it to win me over, to make me go back and live with them. But how could I? Not now anyway. Before my remark, there was a possibility, but not now. And never at Robin Inn, unless it reverted to us and Matt Father. Both impossibilities. I'd have to stay at River Bottom then. Our yams was a sight to see. Yams grown as vines and yam, yams grown as vines and father had given them huge bamboo sticks of flag, flagpole tallness and they had twisted themselves to the very top from which they hung. Having nowhere to go, so channeling their strength into branches and leaves. Now they were feathering nicely. Mangoes were ripening too, cherry pink and peach yellow. They were everywhere and you smelled them even in the nights. They fell ripe from the they fell ripe from the trees and lay there waiting to be found and eaten, or else they went floating down into the god of water to, to the gorging river. It was corn time. We chopped them down green, almost all of them, because the yams were crowding out crowding out the sun from them. What a heap we had and such large, large ones among them. We'd sell them in the market next day, but it was Friday night, and who said we couldn't have a corn roast? Which was what we had. Father and Mrs. Ilcha, Donnery and me, I meant we invited them over. What else are neighbors for? We made a good fire in our yard and set the corns, still in their leafy jackets against the embers, and their leaves smoked away. The fire clicked and crackled in sparkles and father and ma, Mrs. Elcher sat well back, 
but Dana and I, Dana Ray and I were close as the heat permitted us. We made fun trying to catch the spiraling short-lived sparkles and our teeth flashed in the firelight and Dana Ray's eyes swarmed something beautiful. When we thought it was time, we took the corns out and baked and Bartley stooted jackets from them and brought the fire down into glowing coals and set the naked ears on them to roast. In their jackets, they had merely steamed. Now they would have the final head-on confrontation with the fire. And it wasn't long before we began to smell them and having done so, turned them. Some of their seeds were popping with the popcorn of fierceness, making cauliflower designs. And so we continued to turn them while using a piece of cardboard. Donnery fanned back life into the dying coals. The corns lived up to what they looked like. They were juicy and sweet. Somehow, as you ate them, you knew that you were putting in something of, some, something of worthwhile food value. Donnery and I played a game with them. We shelled off so many seeds at the time with our hands. And the idea was your opponent was to guess how much was there. If he lost, she and I mean, she, I mean, she'd have to give me whatever number she had quoted. The next idea was not to lose too many. The next idea was not to lose too, too many. And the way to accomplish this was to always keep your quotation low. One, two, three, maybe, to, the, to be generous. Four, then back down to one. And if you were real mean, then you'd even say none. Of course, you were always eating in between. Because I like Donnery, I made my quotations large. Ten, a dozen, fifteen, even sixteen once. Until she said I was stupid, jokingly. But just the same, the word stupid had a bad bite to it. So I started to play it correctly. Father and Mrs. Richard hit and talked behind us. They weren't playing any corn games. I thought about them. Was father in love with her? Was he going to marry her and show Ma? But then she, but then show her what? Ma wouldn't even have a hiccup. She'd ask, and who is Mrs. Hilcher? Pooh. She'd say something like that. But that was something for father to know. I think he and the good woman were kindred spirit. Which set me thinking further. I wondered if, though, if in the old days, father had spooned a bit with her, then dropped her as soon as he had become more serious about Ma. Maybe it was something like that too. Jilted. Betty had married John Hilfer, but he was dead and gone, and father was here again. I wondered, and if I were right, what a cool logic life had to it. Ma resigned her job at the school. Not that I minded. It was hard as Neil to sit in her classes and look at her. My ma, but another man's wife. She left at the end of the summer term. Likely or not, Jake didn't care to have his wife work. But to me, the real reason was that she was expecting a baby. 
she looked uncommonly fat. I didn't tell this to father, but maybe he knew. Such things have a way of finding itself into a man's eardrums. That hurt, too, hurt me, this business of a baby. I didn't like to think that Jake's baby was being formed in the same place where I had been formed. It was an outright violation. And that ends chapter 7. We're going to move to chapter 8, which is a pure victory, but I'll do that in another note. Hopefully this one was captured because new, new location. Again, I'm going to wrap this one up. Probably do a quick wrap up tomorrow or something. But one love, stay blessed. And uh, yeah, God bless. One love.